bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hey guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Briona, my lovely co-host slash everything person, Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hi to the people. Hi to the people. Hi to the people. Okay, so to the people. To the people. Um, people. Right away to the people. No, let me. Okay, so it's 2021. And there's something we got to talk about. Girls poop. Girls do in fact poop. You know why I'm saying this? Because there was was once a, uh, a man I knew who hated the idea of like me talking about pooping around him. And I just. I thought it was dumb because I was like, have you ever been in a relationship? And he had, but he had been in a relationship with girls who like actively didn't poop around him or like just, I guess, pooped outside. Like maybe they, they designated poop hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever heard of those women who woke up before their husbands woke up so that they put makeup on? Like this is I the back in the day. But I feel like this is such a, like, it's such an old wives tale. I'm like, I'm, I've never seen anyone do it, but I have, in fact, heard of it. Yeah. And, um, the Marvelous Miss Maisel, the mom character does that, okay. right? Because that takes place in a different era. I believe it's the 50s. I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm it wrong, was, anybody. It was like, I got to be flying for my husband in the morning. Right. And I think that that has everything to do with the way that women needed to present themselves. So I feel like a lot of women also did that with pooping because men somehow what don't think that our booty hole functions the way this the same way does. Right. we have an inferior booty hole cat no, yeah, oh, no, <laughs> there's, no. there's an inferior no, booty a, hole theory a magical booty hole the, the only booty holes that don't shit are that of ladies you yes. know yes, what actually, i mean we like, have no booty holes guys no. <laughs> we have none we, they don't that, even exist what, when 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 she's in that position, that's an illusion. It's an illusion, guys. <laughs> we create a mirage just to yes. fool you. Yeah, that is a glitch in the matrix. That whole <laughs> that's a glitch. Well, in talking about le poop, le poop. Um, <laughs> um, the reason why I thought about it was because actually, um, TMI alert. So <laughs> right before this recording, I was late guys i was late because of <laughs> hygiene um so you know every i mean i'm one of those people who has um baby wipes in mm-hmm. the bathroom as you should right some people don't and okay i mean you do you trust, but your booty hole you, not clean okay you trust a dry wipe you trust it okay okay you All trust right. your dry wipe skills i don't know maybe they like turn on the faucet put a little Dabble, no water like, on it. Old school, then, old school wipes. Okay, and you know what? When there's no baby wipes and there's no time to take a shower, I'm done. Okay, it's okay. But it's an acceptable alternative. And then there are times where a baby wipe does not suffice. It does not. It is a full booty wash. I don't want to hear. It. It's a midday booty wash. It's a mid morning Som- booty wash. <laughs> sometimes you are like, that was so catastrophic. Like I didn't just poop. I released a demon. A, d- a demon out of the mirage. <laughs> I need to be cleansed. Yes. <laughs> I need to be cleansed in the waters. So in, in in the situation that just presented itself, it was neither of that. It wasn't even a, a catastrophic. It was it was an average. It was an average, right? Average. Okay, average. Um, average. It was like it w- it was deserving of 
there's always deserving of a baby wipe, but it definitely was nowhere near uh, um, a midday booty clean. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have, I didn't have to do that. But I didn't have toilet paper. Catherine G. Mendoza. Or baby wipes. <laughs> they were Catherine. all, hold on, they were all in the other. God, like, baby. Uh, you, the supply <laughs> closet. They were all in there. I like, and this is what pissed me off. I remember peeing and men, we do have to wipe even during the peas. I know you guys don't, yeah. but we do. So I remember peeing and go, damn, Catherine, change the, the role, right? And usually when I change the role, I also think of the baby wipes, but I didn't. So now I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this situation. So I, luckily the, the closet that I have everything in is not very far from the bathroom, but it was still a skip and a hop. A skip and a hop. Skip and a hop away. In that skip and a hop, booty cheeks close. Yes, yes. So booty cheeks and clothes. What started as a doesn't need a midday booty king soon became a midday booty king. You understand? Because it was yes. like there was I, a there situation. Was, there was traction. There was movement. There was friction. I was <laughs> like, I was like, damn, yo, like I, you know what I mean? You knew I knew it was a simple situation to get out of because of, but because of my lack of preparation. Mm-hmm. I had to do a little more, and that's why I was almost late. But and the first thing I thought of was, hmm, do I want to discuss that? You know what? It's twenty twenty one. It's not a mirage. It's not a mirage. Okay. No. We poop, <laughs> and we poop with pride. <laughs> we enjoy our poops. Hey, we do some of them. Right. Some of them are are really yeah. special poops. Like yeah. one of those I mean, where you feel like five pounds lighter, like right after you're like, wow, I'm pretty sure I lost weight. Like I should, oh, weigh, how myself. There, I should weigh myself after this one. My thing is that it's like, we need to start, like men need to just accept that women poop. And I'm, I think mostly non-married men and young men though, or just very immature old men. Um, yeah. But I think that like, there's so much more we have. Women understand the coffee poop. We know the coffee poop. Coffee we know that poop. feeling of I had, co- you know, the coffee poop. Yes. Every morning. Everybody knows the coffee poop. I'm very familiar with the coffee poop. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who told me in the 12 years she's been married to her husband, she has never farted in front of him. Oh, and... bueno. I'm like, I don't know where she holds these so farts. So your response captive. is a mouth fart? Yes. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Everywhere. I first Ow. farted in front of my husband in my sleep. I farted yeah. in my sleep and he woke me the next day when I woke up, he was like laughing and he was like, You farted in your sleep. And I was like, I'd be laughing too. I'm not gonna lie. Does that not count though? Like to her, like yeah. how does she know? Maybe he's just never said it. Yeah, maybe he's just never embarrassed her. I'm like, you must have at some point like farted in your sleep and he heard it. Well, you know what that makes me think of? Okay, so how serious do you have to be to get to the fart level? Here's my reason. Okay. Because um, the last person I was seeing, seeing, air quotes. um, Dike. Dike, kind of, sometimes. (laughs) Um, You know, like we, we, it was an extended scene. Let's call Mm -hmm. it an extended friends with benefits. And you know what I'm talking about. Um, so 
there was there was a legit friendship on top, you know, prior to the the sex. Yeah. Now, never had either of us farted around each other. Um, and to date, I have not because again, he's not my man. We never got to that comfortable level. But he also wasn't the type to just like willy nilly. Like he wasn't doing that either. Like he didn't get comfortable quick. Pero one time we I remember being over at his house. We both got mad high and we're sitting on his couch. He's high out of his mind. So he kind of like knocks out like, okay, well, we did what we did. And then he knocks out because I put him to bed. No, no. I was like, you put him to bed. You put you to bed. And it wasn't even bed. I put you to bed on the sofa. I put you to couch. Yup, to couch. And I was very proud of myself. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) he can't move. <laughs> Pero, just know that um, we do that too, guys. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we get mad proud. We like, yeah. oh, oh, you tired? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, um, I'll just make myself a smoothie. Yeah. So we're sitting, and he has those two seaters. This is the type of couch we're on. So I'm just like, um, watching whatever film, and you know, like he's laid out with his back towards one of the armrests, so his body's facing towards me, but my body is sitting the proper way that you do on one of those couches. But his legs are like under me and one over me. We're really pretzels, right? Okay. It's one of those, that's not cuddling, but it's after sex pretzeling on a small like yeah. face. One of those. So I'm watching whatever the hell I'm watching and he's sleep. He is not like, everything, right? That's cool. <laughs> I swear, at some point, I saw it happen. He moved his cheek, his cheek. Like, I swear he spread them. Like, that booty hole was, like, <laughs> opening for the taking. And it was in my general direction. He sleep, he sleep, right? Now, mind you, I get it. I'm in the direction of the, the, the back of the sofa. So maybe this is where he farts. I don't know what he does when he's alone. But <laughs> he does this. I saw it happening. But I was in the pretzel. There was- There's no way out. <laughs> And now I should add this detail. The texture of his sofa, it's like a suede, but it has ripples. And I swear that when the force came out, it hit every ripple. So it was like it moved the tide. Yo. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, I forgot you were here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <boy. laughs> He said, yo, I forgot you were here. I forgot you were here. <laughs> now, my man, I never, you know, I we laughed. I'm not going to lie. But oh. that was one of those moments where I thought to myself, if, like, are you too comfortable? Are you yeah. too comfortable with me? Were like, you like, oh, my God, really? I'm your girlfriend? That's how we tell you. I want to. I want a fall wedding. <laughs> That's how he tells you he's, that you're his girl. He's like, we're at this level. <laughs> yeah. So, fellas, if you move that booty hole near someone and you are, I don't care if you sleep, I don't care. You better Still be aware. Counts. Still counts. You in a relationship now. You in a that relationship now. You, you in a marriage. You can't call it a friends with benefits 
un- and still and then fart. No nope. the benefit ends. <laughs> when you the fart. Fart <laughs> there is a no, no fart clause in every <laughs> friends with benefits contract. That's not the benefit. That's not it. There's no benefit no. to that. That benefits no. no one but your colon. That benefits yeah. no one but your colon, sir. <laughs> we um, do not appreciate that. I really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was high, we laughed and all that. But for about a day after that, I sat with myself and I was like, well, what happens now? What happens? I mean, if you ask him to this day, it never happened. But I remember, I was aware. If he farted, oh, thank God it didn't stink. It didn't stink. That was the best part. That was the blessing. But I felt it. I heard it. I experienced it. Girl. Like, he like you know even, that he's trying to fake it like it never happened. He is like figuratively and literally gaslighting you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, son. You did it. I'm traumada now. <laughs> my man, I felt that you know that tremble you get when you're going up a, a wooden roller coaster? Oh man. You know that doo, 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 doo. that's a, what it felt like. Or like in Jurassic Park where the water moves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I saw it all happen. Like, I swear. First you saw the water, <laughs> and then you heard the... Every, everything. I, 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 my point here being, how would he take it if I would have returned the part? You should have. You should have been like, right after he did it, you should have done it and been like, oh, I forgot you were here too. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would have been great. Yo, I forgot you were here too. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get into this though. We gotta get into this okay. because I'm I'm new to this story you posted on TikTok. You posted oh. this stalker story, and I don't know why I have never heard this story. But you have got first of all, tell the people the story. The people that aren't on the tickety talk. Yes, and if you're not on the tickety talk, you should go to my page. Go to Gina's page because she also gave her. Yeah. She she stitched it and gave her stalker story. So um, all right. So here's the story. In 2010, when I just graduated college, my older sister, it was like the summer. And so one of the first, you know, those summer parties, everybody knows summer events. So it was one of my first summer parties postgraduate. And um, I, my sister took me to some party in the Bronx, like is one of her friends who had just moved to the Bronx from Staten Island. So he wasn't from the Bronx. It was like transplant, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a hood party, no. These were like his transplant now city friends. So everybody was kind of like weird and artsy, but not like, and when I say artsy, I don't mean artists. I mean like, just kind of like uh, uh, the off kids. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, the, mis- the, um, the misfits. Okay. So it wasn't a bad party. I was just lightly bored because I didn't want to be there in the first place. And there were these two guys talking to me. One of them, I forgot the name I gave him on TikTok, but today we're going to call him Don. And the other one, today we're going to call him Peter. I didn't explain it to this detail, but both of them knew each other because um, they both were from Staten Island and both of them started talking to me. Now, I was a little bit more interested in Peter. Like Peter gave me more just me vibe. Okay. And Don just needed a lot of attention. I could tell from the minute I met him, but he wasn't a bad guy, right? Now, Peter was working the room. So we talked, but that he was also working the room, right? 
Don narrow focused on me. And he talked to me, I want to say the longest we talked was like 30 minutes, but then we talked on and on throughout the evening. He made these like, um, at the time they hadn't come out, but they later became very popular. I don't know if somebody took his idea, maybe not. I know it wasn't him who did it, but he had was making Legos into like um, hearts and made it as a keychain. Um, and I remember seeing it on his keychain and I was like, yo, that's my cool. And he was like, yeah, I'm making these. And I'm also working on my music career as a rapper. And I was like, ah, you know, who am I to judge? Because I'm, you know, this, is, you? A, this is the same year I was PAing on the tonight show with tonight, con tonight, and where I technically originally met Gina. So who am I to not encourage somebody's dreams, right? So I was like, that's cool. But again, I'm like 21. I'm drinking a little bit and I see this little keychain and I think it's cute. And I'm like, if I humor him for like a quick second, I could probably convince him to give me the keychain, which I did. By the end of the night, I convinced him. Is that my fault? Did I, did I promise in marriage? Did I fart around him? No. But um, we exchanged Facebook. It's 2010, folks. That's what you do in 2010. You exchange Facebook. And we did. And But I also exchanged Facebooks with the other dude, with, the, with, Peter, with Peter. Because I kept, you know, my options were open. I was like, I like Peter. Um, we probably messaged each other once or twice, probably, on like Messenger or whatever. And then I wasn't really feeling his vibe. Like I wasn't feeling his vibe the day of but I was being kind. And so I re replied, but then I stopped replying. And he would just like hit me up OD, like, why aren't you replying? It was a lot of that, right? And really? I was just like, this is crazy. So then I think I blocked him or deleted him, one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So much so that me and Peter became like really good friends and we messed around years later, but we became really good friends that Peter was like, yo, every time I see him, he be still talking about you. And this is now like two, three months after. Damn. Right? A whole year goes by. Completely forgot about homeboy. I might have even lost the keychain. That's messed up. Um, <laughs> made him give it to me and lost it. No, you know what? Yeah. I probably lost the keys. <laughs> the so, entire keys. The keys. So. You know what? That, mm, it, I'm irresponsible, not insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. So Peter hits me up and my sister hits me up. Simultaneously, but almost different. And they're like, yo, did you hear the song that Don made on SoundCloud? And I was like, I don't talk to Don. And they were like, yo, 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 yo. So you got to hear this. They send me the song. You know what? Do you think it's wrong for us to play the song here? I'm not putting his name out there. It's out it's there publicly. Yes, he put it out there. And, okay, so we're going to give... In this in this moment, we're gonna give a moment of silence. The 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 mess in progress debut of Catherine inspiring. Um, she only talked to for three minutes. We're gonna call this one. I met this girl named Catherine Mendoza. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. I had a crush on a female named Catherine Mendoza. I met her at an '80s party. It felt nice to know her. She fits a description of what I like to wife. But after our first meet, there was something I didn't like. I started to notice there was hardly any interactions I tried reaching out cause I felt she was full of passion She liked my Lego hearts and I gave her my Lego keychain She played me on a pinky promise what a mistake she made But even so why bother to befriend a person if they lack interest in getting to know you it ain't worth it 
This is not a diss. Pay attention to what I spit. Don't twist my words and then take any of this as disrespect. She probably wonders why would I invest time into describing a little story and putting it into rhymes. Now we're back. Um, as you've heard that, my man gave my whole government. He didn't say Catherine. He didn't say, I met this girl named Kathy. I met this girl from Brooklyn. He said, Catherine Mendoza. Like, I, the only thing he was missing was the G. They yeah. said, like, you might as well tell them everything. My man. So <laughs> in it, as you heard, he, I broke his heart apparently. In my, my one interaction, he felt so inspired to put me on the list. You stole his Lego heart and his real heart, Catherine. I lost them with the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, she lost everything with them damn keys. Sorry. So sorry. Yo, that is the craziest thing I have ever heard. Now, my stalker story was different. I stitched it with my stalker story. Yeah. And I couldn't give the whole story on TikTok because there's never enough time. So you have to like choose your words very carefully on TikTok. But the actual story is I was auditioning for Last Comic Standing. And it was, I think, year one. And it was me, Adrian Epilucci, and a couple of other people. And Adrian had a car. And so she said, well, why don't we take shifts and we'll sleep in the car? So we went to go sleep in the car. And it was like the four of us. It was like Adrian, her boyfriend me and this dude named Doug that we had met online um and, and I didn't you know I figured he was nice enough like I was like all right well there's witnesses he's not gonna kill me so uh, we went we slept in the car together and it was like all of us were packed there was like two other people we were all packed in the car so the next day we go and we do the audition I say bye to everybody I'm like hey nice to meet you Doug dope blah 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 the very next or like two weeks after something like that I had a birthday show at the comic strip in New York City comic strip comedy club out in new york out here in new york and um i put it on my uh social media but like you know this was myspace days so you know as much play as you could get off of myspace if you weren't like one of the pioneers who learned how to use social media so i had put it out there and then like doug just shows up this guy doug right now i don't know he's there he doesn't tell me he's coming I find out from the staff of the comic strip who were like, hey, there's this guy pacing back and forth in the hallway and he's asking when you're going to be finished, like when you're done. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, what does this guy look like? And, and he's like, oh, he's got a ponytail. And I was like, no idea. So I look out and I'm like, oh my God, it's that dude. So I, I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's got like a birthday card in his hand and he gives me this birthday card and he's like, it's so crazy. I didn't even know it was your birthday. And I'm just like, all right, then thanks for the random birthday card that just you happened to get, I guess. And so then he was like, I have to tell you something. And we go to the bar and we sit down and um, he starts to rock back and forth. Like immediately he just starts to rock back and forth. And I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> he's just rocking back and forth. And he's like, I, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. And I was like, all right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, he just fucking murdered somebody. He's about to confess something to me. And so he's like, and he's just like, I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. I'm so in love with you. And I was like, I literally gave such an Aries energy answer. I was like, no, you're not. Like, I was just like, right there. I was like, mm, no, let's dead that. You're not. Get out of here. 
And so I'm sitting there like feeling all uncomfortable because I'm literally talking this guy out of his infatuation where I'm just like, dude, you're not in love with me. We met one night. Like, it's just, I'm just a super nice person. Maybe nobody's ever been nice to you, but like, I'm, we're not, you're not in love. You're not in love with me. <laughs> and to my buddy Stuart at the time, I'm like, he's since passed, but Stuart saw me talking to this guy and knew that I was uncomfortable. Like he could just see that I was uncomfortable. So he walked over and he was like, Hey G, I'm going to have a cigarette. You want to come with me? No, I do not smoke cigarettes. I do not smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and so uh, Stuart knew, I knew I didn't smoke cigarettes. And, but the second he said it, he knew I would have shot heroin in my eyeball to get out of that conversation. So I was like, yes. <laughs> did you bring heroin let's go do heroin let's go do heroin you got some meth let's go do some meth and so we go outside to smoke and all of a sudden this dude doug comes storming out of the comic strip and he's like i'm i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna go home and i was like i literally i couldn't think of anything else to say i was like yeah that's probably for the best (laughs) like you should probably just you should probably just go a couple of months down the line, I get a random MySpace message from him that's like so long. And it's just about how how much of a bitch I am and, and how mean and how much I hurt him. And I was like, look, people, Y'all I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> I will intentionally hurt you. Like, I just, I, all I did was reject this dude. All I did was reject this dude. Yes, that's exactly. Oh my God. Okay. So as the, they've already heard the song on my end, right? In the song, he says um, the verse, what a mistake she made. Is that a threat? Like your message, is that a threat? Like, you know where, for you, you know where I be. Like I'm in the comedy. Yeah. So you could technically pop up at any other point. This dude didn't know where I was. So that's different. But to your point about like uh, the randomness of this, mm-hmm. I have a question for you because I actually am about, to, you guys are going to get a little exclusive on a new TikTok video I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a part two-ish. Okay. Um, <coughs> mad comments only from men going, that's not what a stalker is. Excuse me, sir. First off, why is that what you took out of this? Yes, I get it. He's not standing by my house every day. No me está llamando like crazy. Yeah. He's not me crazy. Yes, I do not need an order of protection. Of- <coughs> no. But I think there is something to be said about the fact that no, not one woman made that comment because yes, I did not literally define a stalker and neither did you. But the actions that these people took are precursors if you must to stalker behavior so Mm -hmm. i ask you why do you believe men are the ones hitting me up on some like that's the only thing they got out of it you didn't properly define stalker what he did wasn't stalker. well i probably because the men that are commenting that kind of shit are guys that do that stuff like guys that are like, I wrote a song about seven ex-girlfriends of mine that weren't really ex-girlfriends of mine, but a relationship I had in my head. Like these are all losery dudes. Like any any man that would comment that has to be some loser type dude who's like, that's not even stalking because I did it seven times. Like, <laughs> what the what you mean? That's not that's not stalk. That's not creepy. It's creepy. That's my point. My point is that it's creepy, and I think that's what women just inherently understands about our story that there's 
like I said, precursors, there's levels to what a stalker, like a stalker is just not somebody who stands outside your house. He has evolved from obsessive, from creepy, from all of these things to the definition of stalker, right? Yes, you and I, we, we can be grateful that as women, these men didn't take it to another extent. Yeah. But the fact that it's like, for me, that a man, I get it. You might really like a girl and you might feel rejected and that sucks. I get it. Especially because men put themselves out there when they're hitting on women. Mm-hmm. But we don't owe you anything. And that's and what so- needs to be explained. Like we don't owe you anything for your interests right. or for your efforts. Right. If your efforts get thwarted, if a girl turns you down, if she's not into you, that's life, bro. Like, I mean, look, like in, in, in the, in the verse, he says she was the type of girl I might like to wife out of one conversation, my man. You don't even know me, bro. Like, that's what I had told this dude too. I was like, you don't know me. Like you can't be in love with me. You don't know me. You met me one night. Oh, oh, you, oh, you want to wife me? Cool. What do I do when there's no toilet paper in my, my, what do I do? It's a multiple choice. Why? Hey. A, is it time for a midday shower? B, do I shuffle to the closet and grab my toilet paper and my wife? C, all of the above. <laughs> Which one is it? Exactly. You can't know if you want to wife me. What you just showed me in that song, just like you with that message and showing up like that, is that I dodged a bullet, not to say you're a bad person, but I dodged a bullet because you're probably either desperate or clingy or whatever the case may be. Clearly obsessive. Bless them. When I say bless them, I really mean that because I don't mean harm towards people. Bless them in their lives and all of that and their endeavors. But I still dodged a bullet because if the the, um, situation was reversed and a girl acted like that, Y'all probably would let them, you know, slob the knob, but then y'all be like, but I need to leave. 100%. Tell me that guys wouldn't do that, that a lot of men would do that. They'd be like, she was crazy, but the sex was fire, though. I think, you know, like, she just showed up out of nowhere with a birthday card. Damn, yo, what'd you do? You know, I just, I let her, like, um, I let her suck my dick in the, in the basement, but then I was like, you gotta go home. We don't know. <laughs> I was like, get out of here. Respect yourself. <laughs> Wipe your lip. <laughs> Why be like, respect yourself, get out of here. Sorry, mom. Don't listen to this, mom. But that's <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> but mom is also like, you're right, you're right. You're, you're, right, right. you're right. I had a friend years ago who was dating this crazy chick that broke into his apartment, broke the window, like broke into his place, took a piece of glass, and started cutting herself because he wouldn't be with her. What? Oh, and no. I was like, it was like you know how when you're talking to somebody who's in some toxic thing like that and you're just like you do realize that this is a problem right because it was like the very next week they were dating again and i'm like i don't how do you not like this is a pattern for both of you there was speaking of tiktok we're gonna get to the tiktok of the day there was something i saw on tiktok um this psychologist posted about being addicted to toxic situations and toxic people how you can actually chemically you can become addicted to those situations and you then you start that's why you start um feeling 
into that and going for those relationships. That's why you go for emotionally unavailable people. That's why you go for people who are abusive because you get addicted to being treated that way. You get addicted to the toxicity of it all. So there's just something to be said. Oh, by the way, his recommendation was replace the time you would spend with that toxic person doing something that's like a lost passion of yours. Like if you loved reading, like start reading again or painting or this or whatever, um, because It'll take some time, but, you know, it'll help to replace that feeling with a positive feeling. It'll break the cycle of addiction to that. So give it a try. Change the toilet paper. Use that Change the toilet paper roll, guys. How wise does that sound? Catherine G. Mendoza, philosopher. Change change the toilet paper roll of your life, people. What have we learned in this episode? Catherine. A pooper, pooper. A, a philosopher, a heartbreaker, a, a, a heartbreaker, a muse, <laughs> a, muse. A, a midday booty cleaner. <laughs> We've learned so much about Catherine. I applaud her vulnerability in this episode. Thank you. It's been so hard, but you know what? I do it for the people. <laughs> I do it for the people. She's come a long way. <laughs> this is her therapy and mine as well. <laughs> But let's get into the TikTok of the day. Speaking of lessons and uh, things that we learned from the talk, uh, mm-hmm. I'll let you go into it, Catherine. Take it away. Yes. So this TikTok of the day is by <coughs> Sandy Bear, S-A-N-D-I-B-E-A-R. So it says, I'm at Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> let's start again. I'm at Dollar Tree buying a ton of stuff and you know how Dollar Tree is, only one register open. There's these two girls standing behind me with their father and they're complaining about how long it's taking. Honestly, I was annoyed too. It was taking forever and me and my ADHD do not have patience. So the father says to them, you know what? Let's put a timer on and see how much time it actually takes us to get to the register. As they approach the register, he checks the timer and tells the girls it's only been two minutes. And And one of the little girls goes, wow, Two minutes isn't a long time. Why did it feel like it was so long? The dad says, well, if I take you to the park and said you can only play for two minutes, would that be enough time to play? The little girl, the, the little girl says, um, no, I wouldn't even have enough time to go down the slide with two minutes. And the dad says, well, that's the tricky thing about time. It feels different depending on what you're doing. Um, when you're having fun, it goes fast. And when you're bored, it goes slow. So uh, the trick is to have some fun. The little girl goes, well, how can I have fun sitting online? It's boring. The dad goes, see, that's the key to happiness, knowing how to have fun no matter where you are. And I was like, God damn, I'm going to start using that on myself. Thanks, dad. <laughs> so I thought that was a great TikTok, right? Like we saw that so we were great. like, so good. Like this is, this is one of the things I love about TikTok. These nuggets, these life experiences. Yes. Are um, but it made me think like uh, the concept of time uh boredom and happiness and all these things that he's talking about having fun perception what are your thoughts on this i mean for me personally i loved this just because i think it's such a great life lesson when you can teach your kids and just strangers within earshot something that like is so life-changing as this where it's just like it it does come down to being able to have fun even when you're doing boring stuff like it's so simplistic but when you think about it like the amount of mundane things that I have done in my life 
and tried to make them fun because I knew going in, I was like, I'm probably not going to, I'm not going to love this. So I might as well give myself a, a purpose to, you know, to this whole activity. And a lot of it was jobs I had before, you know, being able to do stand up professionally, where I was like, I'm not going to like this because it's not really my passion. But the least I could do is like have fun with it. Like there was a time when I was standing on like, um, there was working for this company that was selling like a uh, computer things or whatever. I don't even remember what it was, but we used to have to stand outside with these little kiosks and like basically try to get people's attention. So me and the other girl that I was working with pretty regularly, we would just make up accents to have. So whenever somebody came up to talk to us, we both had different accents every time you came up to talk to us and we had a blast and it made the day go by so quickly. And it's, it's so, that's the immediate, my immediate first thought after uh, seeing that video was that moment where like, we'd be making up just different accents and people would leave thinking that I was from the South or whatever. And it was just, I just had fun in the moment. And I think that's so important because I think we spent so much time all the books I've read and I read so many books on um, self-help and spirituality and, you know, and everything under that umbrella talk about how not present we are in our lives. Every single day, we spend so much of our day, either worrying, we worry about the past or the future. That's what we do. We pick, we pick our poison. Either you worry about the past and you're stuck in the past or you worry about the future because you can't predict the future. And so instead of living in the moment and trusting the universe or God or whatever you believe in, we have a tendency to overthink so many things that we miss what's going on right in front of our faces. And it's the craziest thing when you actually have those moments where you can slow yourself down and be in the moment and be present. It changes so much about how you can communicate with people. Because even when we're talking to somebody, if me and you are having a conversation and you say something that triggers me, I'm now in my past. You've triggered me. Unbeknownst to you, you've triggered me. I'm in my past, so I react defensively. Yeah. And you have no idea why I'm being defensive because you in no way meant any harm. Yeah. But yeah. because I let, instead of acknowledging, and this is what I've sort of learned to do when I do get triggered, although it is harder in some with some people than it is with others, um, I've learned to sort of obs observe the emotion and, and let it be, but mm -hmm. not live in the emotion. Just yeah. know, oh, that upset me. Okay, I know why that upset me. So right. we're not going to stay in that. I know why that upset me. I also know that this person is a trying to upset me. Uh, this just this thing just hit a nerve. And even if they are trying to upset you, the, the choice is still yours, right? Yes, 100%. Because you could get, don't get me wrong, you could succeed at upsetting me. But do I want to let it get to the place that you probably intended me to get? That's on me now, right? That's the work. That's the hard part. Yeah. And you can do that that one time, but the consistency is the hard part, right? Which is why I love that he talked about um, at the keywords in my mind, happiness, boredom, fun, mm -hmm. right? Those are the words I heard out of this. Um, uh, boredom, what... Going to what you said before, when you said, if, if you're um, about the past and, and the future, about living in the now, mm -hmm. um, I, think I once heard something that said, uh, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. Yes. I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. Um, now, mind you, you know, that doesn't necessarily take into 
account clinical depression, which is a thing. Um, and it's a, it's a chemical thing. So that is not what, what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about, um, even functional depression, you know, because like myself, I would not be someone who says I, you know, when people say I, I suffer from depression, I would say that at best I suffer from functional depression. I can, it, it actually, it, I masquerade it very well, but that depression can come along in boredom as he said, right? Because I'm allowing myself to live in what feels like is taking forever or, you know what I mean? Now, mind you how connected it is to anxiety, because in a situation like that, it's actually um, twofold. On one end, the anxiety is like, oh my God, just hurry up. I want to get to the register. That's the anxiety part. Yeah. So next, but the boredom is a little bit of the depression because in that moment, if this doesn't happen as quickly as I needed, I can't function. Does that make sense? I can't be functionally depression because I'm, I'm estoy plantada. I'm forced to stand still. Yeah. I'm forced to be. And that's the problem. Some people have a hard time being, just being. And again, there's many reasons for why it's hard, harder for some than others. But I do think we live in a, in the moment, everything needs to, you know, the speed of light kind of society. We live in that time. So even if you aren't, you know, even if you're fortunate enough not to suffer from some type of anxiety or depression, yeah. you still might have a hard time suffering from not living in the present. Yeah, 100%. I think we all do to a certain extent, whether you recognize it or not, or whether you can clearly identify it or not. You know, yeah. We all have these things that make us aware of the fact that we live in the past or the present. Yes. I mean, or the fear of the future, you know yes. what I mean? That we choose our path. Like for me, I know I get stuck in the past a lot. I get stuck in the past in my mind and I believe all the demons of the past and I don't want to, but it's a hard cycle to break. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is why I'm such a proponent of therapy. This is why I love stuff like even journaling or, or trying to get through something yourself, you know, being being more honest with yourself and learning some self-awareness. Self-awareness is a lifesaver, you know? It really is key. Meditation, like push, making yourself be still is you, very important. You know what I find interesting? How I was thinking about, um, cause you know, I, I, I used to frequent the self-help section at Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. It's my happy place. And now I think there's no self-help section in public school libraries. None. Very interesting, right? When you think about it, that should be a section that is extremely important and accessible to children. Because let me let, show me a self help book. Maybe maybe there's ones that are a little cruder, like um, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're a boss bitch, like ones that have that. Yeah. Like I get. But for the most part, the sentiment of a self help book is to better people. So wouldn't yeah. you be accessible to children? But that just shows you how much mental health and like self-awareness and stillness and all of that isn't necessarily a priority in comparison to American history. Not saying it's not important. I'm just saying they should be as equally important because one is about where we where we came from, meaning the history of the country you're born in. Mm-hmm. And that one is who we are and how we're being. And that matters. I know this is gonna sound crazy, yeah. but if you have not watched it yet, Watch the Hulu documentary Eel? Above Majestic. Oh, Above Majestic. It's 
it's a it's a kind of weird documentary and you really have to sit and focus and follow it because it is about like the secret space program and and what germany was doing during the war and it's it's all this like crazy stuff that would be labeled conspiracy theory in terms of like the existence of aliens and life on other planets and stuff like this but they do so much explaining about a the higher self and how important that is in for a lot of people, like how powerful that is, how you are seen as a more valuable member of society when you have sort of transcended in that way, because that that's how important being self-aware and being able to be still and being able to be in the present moment and being empathetic and being aware of the human condition and all these things, like that's how important it is. Like when you hear these guys talk about it in this documentary and how important it is, apparently... I'm going to say DK, but I really do believe in aliens, that extraterrestrials look for that in humans. They look for those qualities in humans, this empathetic thing, whatever. Like, I'm telling you, this will change your mind. About it. If you don't believe in aliens, watch this joint right here. Because the amount of people in this documentary that are like, uh, my man, aliens are real. <laughs> like, the amount of people that just worked for the government that have said it. There was a scientist that just came out and said um, that people have known this for years like yeah. people have known this for years the existence of of other life and it's just it's a fascinating documentary that just i mean you really do have to focus and pay attention but if you can sit i was glued to it i was just so glued to this thing it's, it's so interesting because it's well that when you said off well first off i want to get when we are off of this i'm gonna go watch that watch um, it. i haven't seen it i actually started watching um heal it's this new Mm -hmm. docuseries on um, Netflix and it is about the power of the mind to hear our, heal our bodies yeah 100% as one of the interviewees like just a lot of people in that space and again and this, this is not really to convince anybody to believe anything or anything like that to impose Never. but it is to say that all of these theories better yet let's call them right because some people might even call it aliens a theory cool yeah that's what you want to think cool. but all of these theories if they are true are interconnected in some way and that's more what we're trying to highlight that they are yeah. connected right and so when you start understanding one you start and again understand comprehend um yeah. when you start comprehending one you start you, you are opening the ability in your mind to comprehend all of them, accepting them, relating to them, different thing entirely. Mm -hmm. You know what I think of? Um, so my friend gave me this book for my birthday and I actually did not open it up until last Saturday. And it's called um, The Four Agreements. And it made I love me that book so much. Right. The, the, the Toltec? Is that called? Yes. Yes. The Totec Four Agreements, it's a wisdom book by um, Don Miguel Ruiz, right? Yeah. And so it's very, I mean, buy the book if you're interested in understanding, in wisdom books, because that's not even self-help, it's um, more theoretical and the way that, perception, which again, this TikTok made me think of perception, the way we perceive time. And if we can agree that time is a man-made thing, now mind you, the sun setting and rising isn't but the concept of time as we see it today is man-made meaning one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock so that's more of what this father was talking about made me think yeah. of 
four agreements are. I'm just going to say them really quickly. The first one, be impeccable with your word. The second one, don't take anything personally. The third one, don't make assumptions. And the fourth one, always do your best. So I'm only at chapter two, so don't take anything personally. So I can't really tell you, well, on another episode, we'll get to three and four. Yeah. But this made me think of that book, right? So I think this moment that he was teaching those his daughters was about taking things personally to an extent. Why? Yes. Because their time is valuable, but of course, but don't take it personally that this is taking longer than it, than it should. Like, that's what he's saying. Find something else to focus on. Yes. And there's a, there's another book that I had read um, that talks about how the human brain works, how there's an emotional brain and there's a logical brain. And we all think that our logical brain is in the driver's seat, but our <laughs> emotional brain is actually the one that's in the driver's seat. And it's because of that emotional brain that we get so frustrated with things. We get frustrated with things, not because of the situation itself, but because that thing shouldn't be happening to us in this moment. I am frustrated that I'm online because this shouldn't happen to me. I have things to do. I have to get out of here. I want to do this, this, and this, or I just don't want to stand online. Like that's where our frustration is rooted in is, is very much an ego of this should not be happening to me right now. Yes, yes. It, it, <clears throat> I, I, and look, even though I, I am learning all these things and I'm trying my best to like be present and all the above, I can even admit that the other day I was at the post office and I was on one of those lines waiting to like a retrieve a package. So it's one of those one line things, right? Yeah. Um, some lady at the front is asking the, the, the lady like, Oh, but it was supposed to be delivered here. And the lady working there is like, but it wasn't. And this and that. And the, and the lady who's standing there just keeps repeating the same thing over and over. She wasn't, she wasn't okay with the answer she was being given. Yeah. I start getting frustrated. Not going to lie. The reason I'm frustrated is not because she's doing this. And in any way it's personal against me. Yeah. Right. But I'm frustrated because at what point do you get the hint that there's no way they can help you? But again, going to, again, haven't read this chapter, but looking at the, the four in my face, always do your best. In that moment, do your best to stay the hell calm. Do your best to not exasperate yourself because eventually, eventually the line will move. Eventually yeah. the worker is going to be like, excuse me, ma'am, you're going to have to leave or speak to someone else or because there's other people. Eventually it will happen. I understand and I relate still to the frustrations and the boredom and the anxiety and the, the me, 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 me moment. Because mm -hmm. that is the society we're brought up in, unfortunately. Yeah. I just also am starting to fully understand. And I think especially after the last year we had a year with forced stillness. Mm-hmm. We're forced forced stillness. Yes. It's forced a lot of introspection for a lot of people. And so for me, it didn't 100% was like, girl, how is this any different than when, um, oh, okay, I wanted to pick up the package, right? But it was Tuesday. I knew the package was there on Saturday and I missed it. And so I go, okay, I'll get it Monday. And then on, on, on Saturday, somebody goes, nah, Monday's Martin Luther King Day. 
I had to not only wait Sunday because the post office is not open, but then wait Monday. And now I get there and this lady's doing that. Do you understand? Somebody else would have lost their shit because yeah. of having to wait. Yeah. But you waited two days. Lo 15 minutos, the 15 minutes, the 10 minutes, the whatever. Girl, you could do it. Yeah. Like, not that serious. But this year did change that. And I think that a lot of people still, you know, um, can't fathom the idea that it isn't everything is an inconvenience. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, but stay away from those people because they're the type to hurt you, in my opinion. Yeah. They won't do anything for you. They're not going to help you grow. That's for sure. I am reading actually this book. I'm reading Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And an extraterrestrial? <laughs> Becoming supernatural. I'm going to have superpowers. No, it's all about what you were talking about earlier, the mind healing the body. He has a whole thing in there about a woman um, who came to one of his, you know, uh, seminars and was, you know, in such a bad physical shape and emotional state that, I mean, she literally was like, she had hit rock bottom. Physically, her body was falling apart. She had several ailments, all stemming from the fact that her husband had committed suicide and she was emotionally so weighed down by it for so many years that it had physical manifestations. And after going to one of his seminars and learning how to meditate and the importance of meditation, this woman healed her own body. Yeah, I believe in it. And it was, it's nuts. The story that he tells you, like, just about this woman's journey. It's insane. I 100% believe we could. 100% believe we could. I believe we could if we really want and will it. And if you need the good example to it, Kill Bill, Volume 1, Wiggle Your Big Toe. Yes, Wiggle Your Big Toe. That's when she was doing it. She was saying, as long as it takes, I'm going to walk again. We've all felt it. The thing is we don't view it the same. How many times have you ever been drunk or like super high and you have to tell yourself, you have to tell your body to do something. Like you're drunk and you're like, you're gonna make it to the bathroom. You're gonna make it over there. It's your mind that's carrying you over there even in that highly messed up state. Whether you believe it or not, we've all experienced that moment where it was like mind over matter, where it was like, get up go to the bathroom, throw up, wipe your face, get some water and get out of Dodge. Like we've had those moments. You can pass out at home, but be safe. Yes, exactly. Go home, be safe, pass out. You know what I mean? Um, Where we've had those very sobering moments. Even not in that sense, we all held in our pee. Yep. You know that like you were in a car it's a long drive back to wherever. And you're like, yo, I'm almost home. And you hold the holding it. You're doing it, doing it, doing it. You get to the door and that's what it's at. It's, you know, because the closer you are, the harder it is. But you're doing it. The only people who can't will themselves, in my opinion, are people yeah. with bladder problems. There's a difference, right? Yeah, there's a but difference. Other- when you have a, ba- a bladder problem, it's an issue, yes. Right. But other than that, we have. We have willed our bodies. I mean, our uh, our minds have willed our bodies. Yeah. So the problem is, can you get past your fear? Can you get past your sadness? Can you get past those things? Because if somebody told you, um, you have, uh, uh, what is it? Stage four cancer. 
Look, my mom always says, um, what kills you in Spanish, lo que te mata es la mente. Yeah. The mind. It's the fear. Don't get me wrong. The cancer is spreading. It is killing you. That's not to take away from that. But the mind can focus. Even if the focus means you gave yourself an extra three months, let's just say. Yeah. Let's just say. Even if the focus means you, you, you really cut down on yeah. like what was creating more stress and chaos in your life. But that focus is what didn't exist before that diagnosis. And the cancer will spread faster in the fear. But it's easier said than done. 100%. That will have such an effect on you. Like, I don't know how many doctors have to have accounts of their patients literally out of nowhere being like cured or bettering their situation all because they not only did they they change their lifestyle they changed their mentality they changed their whole lifestyle and were able to get back on track health wise so it's like how many times does this have to be beaten into y'all before y'all understand the power of the mind the power of the human mind is insane the power of consciousness like it's it's really nuts um what i love about this book is that it talks about um the world the world we live in is a dream everything is a dream right there's yes. the dream there's the dream of the world meaning the society that was created and that is the one that is embedded into us from the minute we are born our, our parents condition us into that dream because they were conditioned into that dream then there's the dream of the family the conditioning you have in your specific units Then there's the dreams you make up for yourselves that have to align with the dream of the world. But everything that is existing right now is an idea. Everything came from an idea except for the earth itself, except for the ground and, and natural things. Everything else is an idea, therefore a dream. When you can't control the dream, you still have to remember it's a dream. Meaning you still have to remember you're existing in your dream version of the bigger dream. You yeah. can control your dream. You can. And as you control your dream, you change the way you live in the bigger version of a dream. That's kind of what we're saying. Yeah, 100%. It's like change, I don't know, what is it? Um, my favorite word that he wrote in this book and I'm thinking it to myself, the contracts you make with yourself and with others. Yes. And that's literally how I'm approaching a lot of things. This is unverbal con I mean a, a a verbal contract or a societal contract. But when people say that sounds like a you problem, they're saying that's not my contract. I didn't sign yeah. that contract. Yeah. That the you 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 projected that contract on me or you try to get me to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or sometimes, yes, I did sign that contract but it's up for we're in renegotiating and <laughs> I don't want to resign and I'm not signing it again the lease is up on that one right so if you're someone who goes I don't want to believe in this like new agey stuff well do you believe in the physical tangible idea of a contract that's what we're doing on an everyday basis with everyone yeah. we interact with and with our own selves in our mind so change the contract and that's what people mean by healing change the contract yeah. change the contract That said, let's move into our dear Gina, as I am on single mom duty this weekend with my husband away at work and have to get back to uh, my leash. Uh, <laughs> here's our dear Gina. And uh, with some nice considerable backstory here, dear Gina, 
I am a student slash actor and philosophy major and recently learned a technique in acting that says uh, you as your character should never view yourself as a villain because no one actually sees themselves as a villain. Everybody thinks they're doing the right thing and everyone thinks they're doing what's best. However, in psychology, it is said that not everyone believes they're doing the right thing. How does someone know if they're the villain in a given situation? That is, that's a heavy hitting one. Um, and that again, I don't know, for me, I think that, first of all, I think it really depends on your own personal moral compass. That's really what's going to tell you the situation. If you, if your moral compass is like, no, I'm doing the right thing. But to somebody else, they'd look at you and be like, what are you crazy? Like <clears throat> it's, it's so dependent on the situation because yeah, nobody does see themselves as a villain. Like, I, you know, I had a toxic relationship that I got out of. Do I think that my ex sees himself as a, as a villain? No, not in his version of the story. Not at all. We all have our own versions of the story. I think it comes down to thinking about the situation and what does your gut or your intuition or your inside say to you? Because if on the inside you are like, that was a really shitty thing I did and I know I was wrong for doing it, then you know you were the villain. You already know you were the villain in that situation. And look, humans are fallible. We are all imperfect. I have been the villain. Everybody has played the villain. We are, none of us are, are, you know, these perfect little angels. We've all been the villain at some point, whether intentional or not. And I think that's the bigger question too. Did you intend to be the villain? Was it your intent? Did you not care? Did you know you were doing something wrong and completely and utterly not care for ego or selfish reasons or whatever? Then, I mean, you're the person, you're the only person that can deal with that on a psychological level for you. Because if you've been the villain and that, I mean, and you have a conscious, that's most likely going to haunt you for a while or you're going to think back on it. I mean, there's stuff I wish I could erase from my past for sure. Just like I think everybody has blips in their in their life where they're like, man, if I could, I know it led me to who I am, but if I could go back and just erase that, man, there's a blip right there I'd love to erase, I'd love to get rid of, um, which is why I think it's so it's so hard to be in a place where like, um, like there was a, a guru that I watched. His name is literally Sadhguru. I believe it's his name, Sadhguru. Um, and he says in one of his videos, there is no good or bad. We are all good. We are all bad. The duality is in all of us, but we like to label good and bad because it gives us um, some sort of hierarchy. It gives us a thing to believe, like if I, if I believe in my heart of hearts that I am a good person, that I'm a better person than you because I view you as a bad person, I am now putting myself on this pedestal of being this good person while simultaneously not being a great person by, by doing that. You know what I mean? Like by already elevating myself in order to make you look bad. So there is a level of that in all of us. And I think the, the lesson here in this, in this situation, my son is very upset by this whole question, um, is that, you know, you deep down, you know, if you've been the villain, the bigger question is, was it your intent to be the villain? Hmm. So Kat, I'll pass it on to you. See, I actually, okay, so I'm going to challenge the intent thing. So 
intention or not, because I think some people hide behind the word intention, right? I think some people who are villains and have awareness, because as the, as the question set or as the, the scenario said, um, not everyone believes they're doing the right thing. So some people are very aware that it's not the right thing, but they could care less. So their intention may just have no care behind it, right? So I'm I'm actually more like intention or not, what was the doing in itself? Can you reflect on the doing, whatever it was, right? So whether you intended to hurt them, whether you didn't intend to hurt them, did you hurt them? Did you offend them? Did you, you know, slight them in any way? Because if that was the case and you want to, do better, or you want to, you know, proceed to have a relationship with them, whatever the case may be, then acknowledge it and acknowledge that intention or not, you did it. That's the first step. That's where, you know, I agree entirely with your statement or, or with um, Dr. Guru, with Dr. Guru's statement of um, there is no good and there is no bad, but there is both in all of us, you know, because that's something that I myself I, I, you know, full transparency struggled with as a kid. I did not like it when people called, oh, you're behaving good or you're behaving bad. I never liked that. And I never knew why. And it was probably because there was, that's a label, you know, children are labeled bad or good because of how we make other, um, <laughs> because of how we make others feel or because of how we don't appease adults in that moment. But mm -hmm. that's not that children or people are good or bad. So I lead into it's about perception. How do you perceive the situation versus how does the other person perceive the situation? And how much do you actually care the, about the other person, about someone other than yourself? Yeah. And so the villain, in my opinion, is a person who has no humanity and care for another person, intention or not. If somebody tells you, oh, that hurt my feelings, don't get me wrong. People can take things personally. But even then, there's you got to be very particular with when you say that's a personal problem. Because I say that's a personal problem when I'm when they're clearly projecting, right? Where I go, no, there's nothing I could have done that's different. I wasn't being the villain in the, you know what I mean? Mm. But sometimes, even if they are projecting, I might go. I still fed into it and there was something villain-esque about what I fed into. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm going to acknowledge it enough to never feed into it again. Yeah. Right? That's where I'm acknowledging, not that I'm a bad person, but that I made a choice that was a little bit more on the villain side in this scenario in itself. Yeah. And I think because we look at everything as good and bad, and because we were taught that from his age, from little baby's age, mm -hmm. we hear villain and we think bad guy. And it's like, dude, you could literally step on somebody's fresh kicks in the street. And that got people into fights back in the day, or maybe mm -hmm. to this day. There's a difference between the way you say my bad and the way you say I'm sorry. Because mm -hmm. you could be like, yo, my bad. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And the person be like, yo, just watch where you're going. Yeah. Because if that person still wants to like fight with you, it's because they want to fight. Yeah. Right. But you, if you sincerely said it, you're not the villain. But if you 
unintentionally stepped on them and then just went and they go, yo, look at my kicks. And they go, my bad. Yep. Oh, that's a fight. That's a fight. That's a fight. That's a fight on any block. Because you couldn't even acknowledge it. Like that's all it takes. Right. But that's, that's where ego and pride steps in because I, that wasn't my intention. You, you doing the most. No homie, by not acknowledging that your mistake yeah. was a mistake, you're the villain and you doing the most square up. <laughs> square that. up. You do. I've always looked at intention. Like, um, I always give the swinging door scenario when you swing open a door, if somebody's standing behind it and you hit that person with the door, it was not your intention to hit that person with the door, but you hit that person with the door. Human to human, just say you're sorry. Like, my bad. I'm so sorry you got hurt by something I did, whether it was my intention or not. Like, you got hurt by it. So you are right in that sense when it comes to intent. It's like, did that person get hurt by it? Did someone get hurt by it? Then does your intent really matter? Yes. If someone was hurt by it? Yeah. You know, that's why... I mean, we talk about comics apologizing for material and they're like, well, that wasn't my intent. I know we get that it wasn't your intent. We get that it wasn't your intent. Nobody's saying it was your intent. It's the ego of not wanting to apologize. That's the issue. We know it wasn't your intent. Nobody's saying that was your intent. But you said something, someone got offended, somebody got upset. And instead of just, because I feel like for me saying I'm sorry is like, okay, let's move on. I'm very sorry. That didn't mean to hurt. I did not mean to hurt you at all. I'm moving past that. So let's move past that because I've apologized. What happens in some situations is when you offer an apology and what somebody wants is groveling. And that just is a whole different situation where it's like, no, 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 you're not happy with my apology, not because it wasn't up to par, but because you'll only be satisfied by my destruction. You'd like to see me equally as hurt. Because that will satisfy your ego if I equal if I get hurt equally as badly. And that's, I think, a lot of the problem with what's the real problem with this idea of cancel culture is you're not happy until I suffer as much as you have emotionally suffered or you feel triggered by this. You're not going to be happy until I've suffered. Uh, and that's not fair either. Like, you can't expect that kind of, you know, like, I want to punish you for this. That doesn't make you the better person. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, if anything, here's the irony. <laughs> The person who originally was the villain in that situation, so for instance, yeah. who offended, didn't intend to offend, is the villain, right? That's the yeah. one that people are like, you should apologize because you said this. Cool, I understand because you might have unintentionally um, offended an entire group. Cool. Now, that comic apologizes. And again, there's a difference between my bad and... Oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to. Right? Sincerity. It's about the tone matters. Yeah, sincerity right? and tone matters. So, so, um, but it's the minute that the villain switches. Cancel culture has this minute that the, the, the villain switches from the person who originally offended, the person who originally committed the offense, mm -hmm. and then the person who's decided they're the judge, jury, and executioner. So now... You must do it to my liking. That's when they're putting themselves at the higher pedestal. It is about the way I want. And again, nobody owes each other anything. We do owe each other respect and humanity, but we don't owe each other probably. Not the same thing. Yeah. And I do agree that that happens a lot in um, 
it, well, comedy in particular, because comedy is supposed to be a very um, honest form of expression and looking at the world. Yeah. And yes, there's room for apologizing. Yes, there's room for recognizing your faults. But the audience is, the audience is your, has always been the judge, meaning the one who laughs, mm-hmm. but they've never been the executioner. And that is the problem here. Yeah. Where like, once you deem yourself the executioner, baby, you the villain. You yeah. just, you took it. You took, you you took, took the, the villain card and you were like, ha, ha, <laughs> <laughs> you got to add the villain. <laughs> that said, um, let's wrap this up. Uh, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Um, lovely people, you can find me. Um, well, earlier we talked about TikTok, so you can find me on TikTok. <laughs> Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. <laughs> you cannot show me a baby and pick out the focus. <laughs> And he looks so interesting. He's like, tell me that TikTok, Titi. Tell me that TikTok, Titi. Throw that TikTok down, Titi. Um, um, at K-A-T-H-E-R-I-S-E-G, Mendoza, M-E-N-D-O-Z-A. Um, same on Instagram, on Twitter. It is at Kathy Grace 24 K-A-T-H-I-E-G-R-A-C-E-2-4. Yay, yay. You guys know you can find me on Instagram at Gbrion, at Gbrion80 on TikTok. Everything else is Gina Brion. Check out The Floor is Lava on Amazon and also Pacifically Speaking or anything I have on HBO Max. Um, That said, you know, I love to end the show with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time. For me, Catherine, and now Jaden, who is sitting on my lap. Deuces. Bye, everybody. Do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.